Well, many of us in here, we wake up every morning and we, we go to the restroom, right? And we stand in front of the mirror and, and we look at the little G God staring back at us. And, and that, that little G God, that, that God is us, right? Because we often do this. If you're anything like me, and I have a feeling many of you are, um, we like to make ourselves gods of our own life. And, and we set out with an agenda each day um, and it's to satisfy self, right? It, and it may be in pursuit of money through career. Um, it may be pursuit of your relationships um, and things like that. But, but we set out to make sacrifices to ourselves to satisfy um, those urges and those desires and those things um, that we're pursuing. We live mundane lives, again, in pursuit of fleeting pleasures. But, but Jesus is calling he stands at the door and knocks. He stands at the door and knocks. And I just want to know, are you ready to answer his call? A different call, right? To, to be awakened to, to different possibilities, to um, a different life. Are you ready to answer the call to break away from status quo, right? Because everybody in the world is running the rat race. They're doing the same things, chasing uh, careers and jobs and money. But um, as, as Christians, right, and, and that's who we're, we're called to be here in, in, this, in this recovery ministry, right? We're, we're pursuing Jesus. And so if you're ready to answer that call, we have to begin to break away from life as others live it. There's nothing wrong with relationships, there's nothing wrong with a career and, and being productive, um, but there's something wrong when we spend all of our time seeking to sacrifice to self time and time again at the expense of what God's called us to be and who he's called us to be. And so I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you think Christianity is. Uh, for me, early on, um, I, had, uh, I had a false... Um, perception of what it was, right? And this is what I thought. I thought if I, if I walked through these doors once a week and told people that I f was a Christian, then, then that was it. Actually, if you go back before that, I thought you just kind of were born one. Grandma was a Christian. Mama was a Christian. I'm a Christian, right? That's how it works, bloodline and, and things like that. And, and I, I couldn't have been farther from the truth. And I remember one of the first times I was really awakened to the fact that I'd missed it so much. Um, I had my sign business and I met a customer after hours and, and I'm putting graphics on this, uh, their work truck for them. Um, and I'm about half lit because it's like 7 p.m. And, you know, that's what I did at 7 p.m. And, and I'm talking to this guy and I start talking about church. And he looks at me, he's like, you know, I... I never would have guessed that you went to church. And in my mind, I'm like, why not? You know, as I'm, you know, <laughs> um, and it's just like, oh, oh, I see. Because my life doesn't resemble that. I, I, I get it. You didn't see me go to church on Sunday. If you'd seen me go to church on Sunday, then you would know that, that I'm really a Christian. And that the Bible, I don't know if you would have seen that, you, you would know. No, he wouldn't. Because the way that I lived my life was still in pursuit of me. Right? Nothing had changed. I just spent some of my time each week doing something different. And so, again, I don't know what you think it is. I don't know if you think that, that going to church on Sunday or, or coming to recovery on Monday checks the box and fills the bill and, and, and makes you all of those things and changes your life. But if you do, I've got, I've got news for you. It doesn't. 
Christianity, which is what we're called to do. This is a Christ-centered recovery program. And the reason we're Christ-centered is because if you're trying to get free of something, I've got news for you, and you may not like this, but Jesus is your only answer to get free from it, right? If you're looking for restoration and, and relationships and a better marriage, then, then Jesus is the only answer. And that's why we're Christ-centered, because there's not any other answers. There's, there's Band-Aids on bullet wounds, and then there's our healer and redeemer, and he's the only one that can actually fix the problem. Problem. And so that's why we're Christ-centered. And, and, and if you've, you've missed it and you've messed up and you thought, man, I'm just going to show up and then you're getting ticked off. Like I got ticked off. I'm like, God, why aren't you moving? Man, don't you know I spent four hours at church last month? <laughs> and I'm like, what's the deal? My life is still the same. It's because Christianity is a belief system and it's a lifestyle, and it's a relationship, and relationships are day in, day out, 24-7 pursuit of what God has for us. No less, no less, and we have to begin to shift our focus. Tonight's message um, is the beginning of a five-part series, possibly six. We'll see how that goes, um, and, and I've titled it Called Out called out, and we want to look at times where, where Jesus called out those in his world, called them to follow him, called them out of the grave, out of the boat, out of the tax collector's book, those moments where Jesus said, I've got something different to offer you. Are you done with that way of living? Are you done with that life? Are you done with that? Are you ready to be called out and called into something better? And so we're going to look at that tonight. What does it mean to be called out by a risen Savior, by Jesus? Are you ready to step into greater things and live a life that's defined by his invitation? Not defined by your career, not defined by your family or the neighborhood you came from, but defined by his invitation. My goal tonight, with tonight's message, is to get you to do something for Jesus. Because this is what I know. In our addiction, we're selfish. In our brokenness, we're selfish. Nobody had to teach us to be self-centered. And I know this. That in the church, even, even this church, so many sit and spectate and act like I did for years and sat there and listened and did nothing. And Jesus knocked and Jesus called. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. What, what more do you want? What greater sacrifice do you want from my life? I give you hours a month. But there's something greater he's called us to. And if you want... God, to transform your life. If you want him to move in your brokenness, you want favor with your, your court battle or what have you. I'm not saying he's going to make everything um, the way that you want it to be, but you'll, you'll live a different life, a life, that, again, that's defined by his invitation. And so tonight, we're going to look at Peter. I, I love Peter. Uh, Peter was a hothead. Peter was a loud mouth. Um, Peter could have been my brother, right? I mean, it, he's, just, he's just one of these guys, and, and, and he often made mistakes, often made mistakes, often messed up, but, but he got it right, too. He did incredible things, and so I want to look at three different calls, three different calls that Jesus 
presented him with that Peter had the opportunity to respond to. And our first one is going to be in John. We're going to be in John 1, starting in verse 35. And it says this, the following day, John was again, this is John the Baptist, uh, was standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. And so you have John. This is Jesus' cousin, right? He'd been living in the wilderness, man, um, dressing like a crazy person, wearing camel hair, eating bugs and honey, um, and, and baptizing people and making a way for Jesus and, and, and making a way for, for what was going to come next. And then here Jesus is on the scene, right? He's ready for it all. And John says, look, there he is, the one, the one that I've been making a way for. And his disciples, two of them, leave and begin to follow him. He said, Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. And they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard John um, um, heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And so here, here they see, it's like, this is the one we've been waiting for, right? This is, not, this is not John, this is not another prophet. This is the Messiah, the Christ. And so um, Andrew follows him, and then Andrew, he does something incredible. He goes and gets his brother, right? Andrew went to find his brother and says, Simon, um, come, come see. Come see, we found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Or in other words, it means, it means rock. And so when, when Simon or Peter was presented with this picture of Jesus, he had a choice. He could have said, Andrew, you're an idiot. Like, I mean, you spent too much sun, time out in the sun on the fishing boat. Um, that's just, just another crazy person. That's John's cousin, you know, the dude that's eating bugs. Like, they're from the same family. There's no way. There's no way that that's the Messiah and the Christ, right? And so Peter was first presented with this, this, this picture of this, this is who we've been waiting for. And he had a choice. He clearly made his choice, and, and he went with his brother and met Jesus. And, and that's when Jesus said, listen, you're... You're not going to be Simon anymore. You're going to be, you're going to be Peter. And that brings me to point number one. We are called, we are called to recognize who Jesus is. That, that's where it starts. That's where it starts for each of us, right? In our journey in, in brokenness and recovery, as we're looking to do something different and, and change everything about our lives, it starts with that truth. Who, who is Jesus? And we have to recognize it. I, I showed up here initially and... Uh, I didn't buy in. I wasn't raised in church. It wasn't a part of my story. Um, and, you know, I, I believed there was a God, but um, I just, I wasn't full on in, in any of this. I definitely wasn't a, a Jesus freak or uh, a Christian or, or any of that. And I was, I was white trash. I was a drunk. That's what I did. And, and I was just like, man, maybe, maybe the church can help. It's funny. I showed up here for people. That, that's what drew me here. It wasn't because I thought God would change my story or God would or change my family's story. 
I remember thinking of all those good church boys that I bullied in school and thinking, I want my son to be like them. I don't want my son to be like me. I'm not a good person. I want my son to be like them. And so if he hangs out with good church folk, maybe he'll be like them. And he won't spend time in jail. He won't spend time in addiction. He won't drop out of school. Maybe he'll do something better. And, and I showed up with that. I'm just looking for good people. And then I was introduced to Jesus. And I thought, who is who is this Jesus guy? I'd heard about him some, right? And, and I remember thinking, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, this Jewish guy came to die for a white country boy in Oklahoma. Like, I mean, I, I, that's what I thought. Just being fully transparent. Made no sense to me, right? I mean, all these other religions out there, like, they were kind of based on race, right? This race has their, their thing going on in this region of the country. Like, what is this Jewish guy from the desert doing over here in America? But I kept leaning in. And then something happened after years. You know what that was? I discovered who Jesus was, right? I, I discovered that th this, this is, there's something to it. There's something more. It was a call, a knock that, that I'd been ignoring for years until I didn't. And I, and I realized that, that he was the anointed one, right? When we look through John, he made several I am statements. And he said this in John 6, he said, I am the bread of life. And, and I love that because... In my addiction, I had an insatiable hunger, a hole in my life, right? And I didn't know what to fill it with until I recognized who Jesus was. And I was satisfied. You know, he, he said this. He said, I am the light of the world. I can't even tell you how many days I spent in utter darkness and depression until I was introduced to the light. And the darkness can never extinguish it, right? It has no chance standing against it. And I was awakened to Jesus, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. These statements about a very real God, a very risen Savior, I had to answer the call to that just to begin the journey. Right? It's where it all began. It's where it began for Peter. And when we're asking you to do something different, something that's counterculture, something that may be difficult, something that may seem obscene or crazy, that's where it begins, with a recognition of who Jesus was. And so are you going to answer the call? Are you going to recognize who he is? So much more than a person. He's the visible image of an invisible God. He is God in a body, fully man, fully God, sent to live and to die so that we would no longer have to face the shame and, and death of our sins, right? That we could experience that forgiveness and be risen. He's the only way, the only way for our lives to be changed. We are called to recognize who Jesus is. Turn with me to Matthew 4. We're going to be in verse 18 as we begin to look at the second time that, that Peter was called by Jesus, that he had a, a choice, right? In the first one, he, he recognized that, that Jesus was Messiah, that Jesus was Messiah. And then here in Matthew 4, 18, it says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon um, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fish for a living. Say fish for a living. Fish for a living. 
So they fish for a living, and these are two brothers. Jesus has met them, right? Because we know Andrew was with John, and, and he was there when, when John said, there's the Messiah, right? That's, that's the Christ. He was there. And we know that, that Peter had been brought to him already because um, Jesus said, hey, listen, you're no longer going to be Simon. You're going to be Peter. So they've had this encounter, and here they are. They're fishing. If you look through Luke and the other Gospels, you get a, a broadened picture of what took place there. We know that, that Jesus stepped out into their boat, um, and, and later on, he had them cast a net into the water, um, but, um, and they caught just a, a miracle of fish. But it says, Jesus called out to them. He called out to them. After all of this took place, right, when we look at the other Gospels, and Jesus is preached, he's taught, um, he had them cast out their net, they, they caught all of these fish, and, and then Jesus calls out to them. He says, come follow me. Come follow me. That first call was, recognize who I am, right? Who, who, who am I? And this one's, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And then it says this, and they left their nets at once and followed him. Point number two is this. We are called to recognize who Jesus wants us to be. We know this. They were throwing a net in the water for they fish for a living. They were fishermen. Jesus was not a fisherman. Carpenter by trade, rabbi, teacher here. And Jesus says, come and follow me. Come, come leave behind what you think you've been called to do. Come leave behind what pays your bills, what feeds the mouths in your family. Set that down and come follow me. They recognized who Jesus wanted them to be. And we have to recognize this, that, that we're called to pursue our calling, not our potential, right? That, that we're called to, to pursue who Jesus has called us to be, not our potential. Um, I've shared this before. What I did before this um, had nothing to do with speaking in public. Um, I was not a gifted speaker. I hated being in front of people. I got physically ill at the thought of even speaking to just a handful of people. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. Farthest thing from anything anybody might have said I might do one day. And, and the thing that I did, and I was actually quite gifted at it, I made signs, did vinyl graphics. I was a good artist. I was a good businessman. I made good money. I had, I had a good hand for it. Um, it. It takes a lot of skill, actually, to lay vinyl really well, to do raps and things like that. Um, it was one of those things that I was, I was gifted in that arena. I had a good reputation for doing good work and all of that, but then I recognized who Jesus was. And, and he began to tug on my heart. I remember having the conversation with my family. It's like, I'm, I'm giving all of this up. Like, I have to. I've got... I've got to do something different, and, and I don't have a choice, and, and it's because I have to pursue my calling, right, not my potential. I had great potential. I could have kept growing that business and making more, and I'm not saying that you've got to quit your job. Some of you probably need to, but I'm not saying all of you have to, right, but, but all of us have to be awakened to our calling, and, and Peter, fisherman, was awakened to his calling where Jesus said, you're no longer going to do that. You're going you're gonna to fish for people. You're going to be an evangelist. You're going to follow me. You're going to do something greater. Luke 5, 10 through 11 says it this way. It said, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, say from now on. From now on. So that's like, you were doing this, but no longer. 
right? From now on, it's something different. Maybe it's like from now on, you were a drunk, but from now on, you're walking in freedom, right? You may have been an adulterer, right? But, but not anymore. From now on, you're walking in faithfulness, right? From now on, things are going to change because you've recognized who I am. And now I want you to recognize who I've called you to be. And he said, you're no longer going to do that. I'm going to show you how to fish for people. I'm going to change who you identify as. And I'm going to introduce you to something bigger and better and greater. And we are called to recognize who Jesus wants us to be. Who he wants us to be. Our word says this about us, that we're, we're children of God. We're children of God. And I remember growing up and being embarrassed because, you know, I didn't grow, grow up in the right neighborhood. We didn't have as much money as other people had. And I felt like poor white trash. And, and then it was just it's so just mind-blowing to think that, that God, you, you want me to do any of this? It made no sense. I'm uneducated. I felt like Moses in the beginning. I couldn't speak. I wanted to go to God and be like, I get tongue-tied and sick, and I want to throw up on the children. God, what do you mean? I don't even like kids. I don't even like people, right? And, and he's like, no, listen, I've got something different for you. And you know what? Beyond that, you're a child of God. You're set free. A branch of the true vine, right? He's the true grapevine. We're a branch, off the source, a friend of Jesus, justified and redeemed, an heir with Christ. I love this last part, accepted, accepted by God. I wasn't accepted by culture. There was a point in time my own family didn't want me to come over for Christmas, right? But God said, no, you're welcome here in my kingdom. And we have to awaken to who God wants us to be, not who we were, not who we think we are, not who culture said we are, but who Jesus says we are. We are called to recognize who Jesus wants us to be, who Jesus wants us to be. And you're a child of God, set free, a branch of the true vine, a friend of Jesus, justified and redeemed, an heir with Christ, and you're accepted. You're accepted. You're accepted here. I want you to know this. If it's your first time here, welcome home, right? That, that we want you here, right? In God's house, house of miracles. You don't have a family out there. We'll be your family here, right? We'll journey with you through whatever it is, and he'll journey with you through whatever it is. As we continue, I want you to turn to, to Matthew 10. So we're in the same book, right? First book of the, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's our gospel. So we're still in Matthew, but a few chapters over, Matthew 10. And we're going to start in verse 1. Start in verse 1. And it says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples together. Jesus called his 12 disciples together. I'm going to stop right there. So Jesus has collected the 12, right? And so he, he's, got, he's got them. Each one that he handpicked and selected um, to carry out his mission. And so Jesus calls the 12 disciples together. And it says this, gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter. Then Andrew, Peter's brother. James, son of Zebedee. John, James's brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, um, who would later betray him. And then it goes on in verse 5. It says, Jesus sent out the 12. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. 
Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. I want you to focus on this last sentence. Give as freely. Say as freely. Give as freely as you have received. Give as freely as you've received. So Jesus calls them together, right? He says, I'm giving you authority. And I'm giving you power to carry out what I've called you to. And it brings us to point number three. It says this, we are called to give what we have received. We're called to give what we've received. When I look at my, my own life, the reason it made perfect sense for me to give up everything is because I'd been given a second chance. I, I'd maybe a third and a fourth. Um, I, I have overdosed in my past. No doubt should be dead. I've been in car accidents that no doubt should have killed me. Just the stupidity that I carried myself with day in and day out. It, I mean, nothing short of a miracle. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And I had no plan at one point for past 30. Why would I? Dead or in prison. I mean, that was my two options, right? And, and, and if God has given me not only a second chance here, but then to, to look at the fact that he's adopted me into his family, made me an heir with him, given me mercy and grace and forgiveness, right? And, and a promise to be with him forever and eternity. I have no choice but to give, give as freely as I've received. All the grace, mercy, forgiveness, right? We forgive because we've been forgiven. We serve because we've been served. We love because he first loved us, right? Our, when we give, it, it shifts our entire paradigm of life. Everything about it, every aspect of it, no less, He's given us everything, and we should give as freely as we've received, which means we give everything. Give as freely as you've received. Point number three, again, we are called to give what we have received. I want us to do this. Um, I want us to, to close our eyes uh, just right where you're at. I want you to spend a moment with God, and, and I want you to think about the ways that he's moved in your life, everything that he's given you. And I want you to, to think about, God, how can I better serve you, your purpose, and your will? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be together, God, this opportunity just to, to hear what you have for us, God, for you to speak to us. God, and I thank you for just the way that you've moved tonight. I thank you for every individual here, Lord, and I pray that as they sit there, God, as their, their hearts are still their minds are settled. God, that you would open their ears. God, awaken them to the call. Help them 
Help them to hear your still small voice. Help them to hear the knock on the door. To be awakened to greater things. And to begin to set down a life of mediocrity. Lord, and I thank you that no matter how broken we are, no matter how far we run from you, Father, that you lift us up, that you heal us, that you redeem us, that you set us free. God, burden our hearts with what you've done for us. Awaken us to the, the truth that our faith without works is dead. We thank you again, Father, for all of this time together, God, time in your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> what's the application? Uh, when we talk about this, uh, it's important not just to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so we've got some action steps for you. Number one is this. Spend time in prayer asking God what he is calling you to and listen for his response. Um, so pursue God's will in your prayer, right? Don't, don't tell him what you want to do. Ask him what he would have you to do and then listen for him to respond. Number two, verify what you are hearing with God's word. Um, that, that part's really important. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, God's telling me to do this. And I'm like, well, that's funny because uh, that kind of contradicts uh, the Bible uh, and God's not gonna contradict himself. So listen for what God has told you. Um, verify it with God's word. Talk to mature believers. Ask them to, to sit down and, and discuss what he's calling. I'm not, I'm not telling you to go out there and do something wild, right? Um, and things like I did, <laughs> believe me. Um, quitting my job and changing careers was difficult. Um, not for everybody. God's not necessarily calling everybody to that. But find out what he's calling you to. And number three, uh, follow him as he leads you out of mediocrity and on to greater works. Right? Follow him to greater things, to greater things. So all of this, you know, everything we've talked about here, again, if it's not painfully obvious, um, it, it's about centering our lives on Jesus. Uh, I spent 18 years in addiction. Um, I've dealt with sexual brokenness, right? Wounds and, and pains from the past and, and depression. And my answer, the answer for every single one of those things was Jesus. It was Jesus. And I, I wholeheartedly believe the same is true for you. I don't know, again, your story, what you go through on a day-to-day, but I am completely 100% sold out to the idea that the answer for me is the answer for you. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never done that, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to encourage you tonight, make tonight tonight that you make the greatest decision. And here in just a moment, we're going to have some people up front. They would love to pray with you and for you and lead you into a relationship with Jesus. Lead you to, to, to come to him. And if you're in here and you've gotten off track, I want you to know it's, it's never too late to come home. Um, the great thing about Peter is he, he followed Jesus. He did all of that. When Jesus was going to the cross, he ran and hid. He denied Jesus three times. He went back to fishing. And Jesus said, what the heck are you doing? I'm not done with you. Feed my sheep. Right? In that same second chance that Peter was given, 
is the same one that's offered to us too. So if you've made that same mistake and you ran away, come back home tonight. Come back home tonight. My same offer stands for you too. Here in just a moment, we're going to have some people down front. And they would love to pray with you and for you so you can recommit your life tonight. And then maybe God's just been dealing with something, right? He's been saying that right there. Janelle, I'm tired of you holding on. No, right? It's time to set that down, right? It's time to deal with it, whatever it may be in your life. If you've got something, we want to invite you to come get one of these white chips. It's just a piece of plastic, but, but we know this, that when we act out in faith, knowing that God's going to do big things on our lives, he, he, he honors that. He recognizes that. Like when we come to, to lay it at the feet of Jesus, just like that last song we sang. So if that's you tonight, we want to encourage you to come pick up a white chip. And then lastly, if you just need prayer, for anything at all, we want to encourage you to come down front and join us for prayer. And, and so for any of those things, give your life to Jesus for the first time. Recommit, pick up a white chip or just to receive prayer. We want to encourage you to come down front with us. And if everybody would, if you'd stand to your feet as we close in worship.